Okay. This is Jack Vickers, and you are listening to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix, also known as The Hood. Thank you very much, Jack. That is correct. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix Podcast. I am one of your lovely hostesses, the Garlic Johnson. We are joined, as always, by our other lovely hostess, the Joshua Mitchell. Josh, say hi to the folks that'll be there in the future, hopefully listening. Hi, folk. Yeah, we'll at least get one for sure. Um, <coughs> I've, I've, I don't have the notes in front of me. I forget the bit. Engage us on Discord. Anchor's not a thing anymore. It's now podcasters for Spotify or Spot, Spotify for podcasts or something like that. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, Discord's the best place to interact with us. We appreciate it. Pomp, circumstance, meh. It is meh. I don't need to be in football prime mode just yet. We can be rusty. We can be. We can have lower energy. Uh, but Josh, it has been yet another month, a little bit over a month. Um, obviously, I talked about last time how I was moving and stuff, and so I let I let the finer things in life get away from me just a little bit. Uh, but I am now back. How have you how have you spent your past uh, five or so, five to six weeks since uh, the NFL draft? Uh, I've been in the basement studying for next year's draft. Oh, okay. What do we what do we uh, what do we have so far? Uh, there are going to be players that get picked. What? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they it's a very all real possibility? Are they all men? Are there potentially any women or robots or anything else uh, entering the league anytime soon? Uh, potentially, it is. Whoa. It is a possibility that there is women or a robot, depending on uh, um, if you want to believe the AI overtaking. Um, but yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay, well, you will have to keep us posted, Josh. You are our, your official, you're officially the senior uh, research and development correspondent um, for the show now. So you're going to need to let us know. You're going to keep your ear to the streets. Um, but uh, also, I guess I don't know if it started yet or not. But aren't you doing like, some sort of softball league with Brad? And I think Nikita's doing it too. Is that has that started yet or no? I've been out of the loop. Oh yeah, that started a while ago. Um, we oh, aren't good. Oh um, no. <laughs> Uh, we're not we're not the worst. We're not the best, but uh, we are. Apparently, they didn't have enough teams to do like a competitive and a rec league, and so everybody got kind of mishmashed together. Oh no! And the first first couple of weeks we played, there there was some skill gap between uh, players on both teams. Uh, let's just say that uh, um, it was an uphill battle. We have won one game, which was hey! one more than I expected. Um, that was a uh, that was a game against the one team that I would probably want to beat because it was a bunch of what seemed like high schoolers and their parents and their parents were talking more trash than the players and <laughs> incredible yeah i don't know it's just it's just one of those things as i've gotten older you know trash talk is fine as long as it's you know not meant to be hurtful i guess because there's there's a way of doing it and you know when 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 you see a dad sitting behind home plate trash talking rissa as she's pitching and kyle who's in left field is saying he's going to kick that guy's ass. Um, so everybody could hear it. And you're standing out in left center field wearing pink shorts that don't even go to your kneecaps and a long sleeve shirt looking like some hoodlum, AKA me. I had a headband on that said prime with the <laughs> hot pink and neon green. And so obviously nobody takes me seriously. And I'm just sitting there trying to get Kyle to calm down. And I go, Kyle, this dude's in his 50s, and this is what he's doing on a Sunday evening. Let's just let him have this one. Right. He's he probably going to go school. home, it's beat okay. his wife, and yep, nope, it's fine. 
Um, and then, you know, that next inning, I come up and I hit one off the fence for a double to take the win. Brother. All right, so let's yeah. say... And I wave, to the, I wave to him from second base. <laughs> You're his number That's one That's the trash fan. talking I'm fine with. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, I just waved, like, bye. Sure. Um, so let's just say, hypothetically, I'm just picking a number. Let's say the population of this league is 50 people. How many of them do you think peaked in high school? Well, there's, I can give you a better hint. There's probably 11 players per team. We'll go with 10 to make it an even number, and there's 13 teams, so 130. Oh, Jesus. Okay. 13 um, teams. And that's, is pretty, you know, that's on a lower field. team. Really? I guess I don't um, know shit about softball. Lower, because, well, there's 10 players in the field, so 11 or 10 is kind of, you know, the minimum number. Sure. Some so let's teams just say it's 150. You could round up, say it's 150 people total amongst, you know, 13 teams. Yeah. Um, I would say that. 149 and a half. Jesus. Because I that... peaked educationally in high school. <laughs> okay. I was just going to, I was going to ask if you're counting your wife as half a person or something, but <coughs> I like that. Um... <coughs> oh, that's fucking good. All right. Uh, is that enough? Is that enough banter? Is that enough bullshit? Should we, should we move on? Yeah. Well, I mean, how's the hood treating you? Is it, was it welcoming? Um, I mean, I don't know. Pretty, pretty uneventful. Obviously, there's not too many people around anymore. Um, Brad was working that day. I haven't even seen Brad. Brad and I talked about like maybe watching a movie or something one day, but I assume he's busy with his, uh, his, his bay. Um, and that's pretty much the only kid that's around. Nate, Jamie, Jesse are all up north. You're in Big Lake. So, I mean, the only other people I interact with would be like Donnie or Amy. Um, so, I mean, as far as welcoming goes, sure, but it's obviously just, you know, the hood's not the same as it used to be. My bank account is, uh, already feeling better about it because I would have had to pay rent today, um, which I don't have to pay. Well, I pay a much, a much less amount these days. So that's nice. But, uh, yeah, yeah no, I'd, say. I'd say plenty of people don't even know I live here yet. And I guess I didn't even post about it on Facebook or something. I was thinking about that pre-show. I was like, should I do like a, add a life event on Facebook that says I moved home? But, um, but yeah, so there's probably plenty of people that don't even know they should reach out to Hank because uh, they don't even know I'm fucking around. So, but yeah, no, overall, uh, good move. Obviously stressful. There's a lot of shit to do. Got to take some stuff out, put a bunch of stuff in, clean the whole. Yeah, I mean, you've moved before, at least in and out of college and a couple apartments. You know the deal. So, yeah, no one, uh, no one enjoys it. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, I think we're, I think we're looking up in life. Um, good. All right, let's uh, let's move in here to some actual stuff. So we're just gonna do a quick, a quick recap of our thoughts on the NFL draft. You and I are not professional graders, even though we pretend to be for the bit. Um, but generally, how do the, how do the Packers fans feel about the draft? How do you feel personally? And then, what's the general consensus amongst the um, the Packer faithful? Well, I think the general consensus is positive, and I feel like it's about that way across the entire league. Like, there's not a I mean, there was a lot of pundits after the draft that said, you know, it was it was a great draft all around. Everybody's happy with it. And, you know, that's great. Um, I, I do think that there are some teams that are going to be kind of like, huh, I'm hoping it's not Green Bay. Um, but there are, gonna, there are definitely going to be teams that go, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Um, my big thought was, you know, the run game in Atlanta was already pretty solid. Um, and then they took Bijan at eight. Um, seems like, or no. Higher than that, wasn't it? I don't even. I, don't I thought care. it was eight. Eight sounds right to me eight. for some reason. Eight and or ten. so that to me, it's kind of like, well, they got all these holes. So maybe, maybe you know, a running back that high isn't necessarily the best. 
Um, look at the Giants when they took one. Um, Dallas took one, and they haven't done anything in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I mean, all those uh, holes, do you think they have Mr. Sir? Um, is Mr. Sir the GM? I haven't paid attention to the Falcons in a while. Why do they have so many holes? Well, you know, it's it hasn't been the same since... Uh, since Mike Vick left, and and, and it's showing. Jeez, that's um, been a while. So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Bajan's a great player. Hopefully, he does do well. And, obviously, you know, everybody has that double-headed, um, you know, the the RBBC. Um, and so, it's just they're they're one of the teams that are going to have it. The Algier truthers are probably crying a little bit because you're not going to draft Bajan and not play him as a starter. Right. Um, and so, that's going to be one of those things. Um Overall, though, for the Packers, since that is the original question, I was happy with it. Um, I did have my uh, brief um, three and a half seconds of, are you kidding me? When we took uh, Luke Van Ness and the first words out of the guy's mouth was a backup in Iowa. Um, and uh, and I was just sitting there and just like, we, we took a backup outside linebacker. That's cool. Um, Sick, brother. But Iowa is one of those teams where they don't really do things the right way and they play guys based on seniority. So um, that makes more sense. And so after watching him play a little bit, he's 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 one of them corn-fed Midwestern Green Bay boys through and through. So it'll be exciting to see. Gar, how's, how's, how's your team doing? Uh, I mean, I think the reaction is mostly positive, though it is. I do find it interesting that just so, like, all anyone could talk about as soon as the season ended was defense, defense, defense. We've got to go hard on the defense. First pick off the board, we don't trade back to pick up more picks. We only had five, I think, um, to start the draft, and then we take a wide receiver at 23 or whatever it was. So it's like, all right, well, I guess we all expect B-Flow to work some real magic. But then, I don't know. It's just Vikings fans are so interesting because they always bitch about we don't draft enough this, they don't draft enough that, but people just don't realize it's okay, well, we could draft this nice defensive player or we could have Christian Tarasov. We could draft this nice defensive player or we could have Justin Jefferson. Like, I don't think they understand that you can't have everything. Um, and it's a bit of a zero-sum game. You can draft this or that. You can't have everything you want. So it's just interesting to watch how everyone at the end of the season was like, we got to invest in that defense. So hoard, so intense. And then uh, we take uh, a wide receiver first overall, or not first overall, but with our first pick. And then uh, everyone's ecstatic about it. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but um, you know, whatever. Who, who am I to say the Vikings are doing it wrong? Maybe B. Flow, Brian Flores, the new defensive coordinator, will work a lot of magic. I have no idea. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think the reaction has been mostly positive. I honestly didn't pay attention to the deeper rounds, so I don't really know. But it's just. <coughs> <coughs> Like I said, it's interesting. Um, and then, you know, Justin Jefferson's about to become potentially the highest-played non-QB. And so we'll see if that – I mean, he's obviously a great player, best potentially best receiver in the league right now. But, again, Vikings fans, I was just reading a thing, and I, sh- I doom scroll the Vikings sub. I should do that less. I understand. But, you know, people are calling him future first-bout Hall of Famers. Like, the dude has had three seasons. Let's fucking relax. Let's talk about it when he's still at the top of his game – after like eight seasons or something like people are way too easy to throw around that hall of fame caliber player um and if he keeps it up again consistently for another five five plus years sure he'll be a first ballot hall of famer but right now the guy's had three good seasons so he's potentially the best receiver in the league right now but i think people also need to calm down a bit with uh, how excited they can get but i don't know man so it's, you- it's interesting times <coughs> sorry go ahead yeah so i guess um have you jumped on to the whole uh 
RAS, the relative athletic score. Have you followed followed any of that or looked at any of those? In I, de- I definitely was. I definitely was plugged in just a little bit around the draft. I know, like some people, you know, it was just like people like, all right, this team really, uh, you know, or because one of the big thing was what well, Anthony Richardson had one of the best races in history, or, you know, one of the top ones. Um, and so people just talking about whether it's a dead metric or not, the relative athletic score, and you know, so it, it makes it just becomes somewhat of a trend. I don't know if it's causation or just correlation, but there's some GMs or some teams that draft high guys with super high RASs and some teams that don't really seem to care about it are indifferent so I don't know much about it to be honest but I'm not that plugged in no to answer the original question okay I was just curious because um you know it's, it's one of those things it's athleticism so the the underwear olympics how good are you at you know being an athlete that kind of thing sure. and obviously you know there's some things you can't control like your size and that gets played into it so that's you know one of those metrics that who cares if you're talented I mean take a look at uh, Devonta Smith he's talented but he's you know four and a half feet tall and blows <laughs> away in the wind so yeah, he's the slim um, for sure so um but i was just curious because you take a look at some of the the things on nfl and um the college production is you know one of the things that addison was touted about he had you know the best college production um and i i do think that you know minnesota has done well with drafting wide receivers lately it seems um kj osborne is a guy i think and and obviously uh, justin jefferson but um you're just, you know, you, you got to hope that the athleticism can tra- or the production can translate to the pros. Um, but he is ranked the 44th athlete, most athletic um, wide receiver in the 2023 draft. Um, not necessarily a number you want for a position that is considered athlete, um, but uh, at the same time, the production was there. Um, and that being said, I did draft him in a dynasty league because why not? Right, right, right. And maybe that's a good transition, uh, Josh, there. I love how you're, you've been flexing your segue muscles, obviously, in the offseason here. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the real NFL teams, or do you want to hop into talking about our rookie draft experiences? Because we've done three, both of us. We're, we're both in the three same dynasty leagues. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Let's, we could talk into the rookie draft. Um, so, I guess the garb, what, uh, anything that you have strong feelings about do you did you crush the draft did the draft crush you um how how are you feeling well certainly i'm trying to pull up the draft boards relatively right now um so the first draft we did in the draft i definitely had the most picks in so uh, i guess just a little bit of background so i'm in three dynasty leagues like i said for people who don't keep track which they shouldn't why would they but um i'm in three and in two of the leagues i'm definitely i have the attitude at the moment to fuck them picks i'm more than happy to trade the picks away to just you know get players that are more sure things or more known entities at the moment um and so i've been doing that but in our in our in our home league in our you know, the hidden oaks league i've been hoarding picks for a long time i've been tanking for what three years in a row i tanked three years in a row <coughs> sorry i don't know why i'm coughing a bunch all of a sudden but i might say it's a perma tank yeah right exactly but um so this was my year i think i had one i'm counting on it right now i had one two three four five first round picks in a 10 man one qb league and then um, I also had, you know, the 11th pick, so six picks within the top 11. I got Bijan, 101, felt really good about that. And then Gibbs goes second. Addison goes third, which I thought was an upset. So I ran to the podium to pick JSN. And then you take Charbonnet, which I thought for sure you'd go receiver just based on what all the, you know, what all the rankings have told me that, you know, where, the, where these players are. But then you go Charbonnet at five. So then I get to run back to the podium to take Quinton Johnston. Um, and, then, uh, and then I take Zay Flowers at uh at eight 
and then I take Dalton Kincaid at nine, and I take Anthony Richardson at eleven, and so like I got a lot of the top talent here, and I feel really good about it. Um, you know. I don't know. I feel really good about that draft. Obviously, when you have six of the top 11 picks, you're going to have a lot of the top talent. That's just how it works. But having three of the four top receivers, like you got to hope at least one of them works out right. So rookie drafts can be an absolute crapshoot, but I felt really good about it. I'd be curious to hear, at least at the in the moment, it was an upset for the people who were in the chat that you took Charbonnet fifth. Was that always your plan? Did you do a lot of research going in, or did you just kind of like, fuck it, I already have Kenneth. What, what's the guy's name? A nine unit, Kenneth Walker. There we go, Kenneth Walker. So you like, I just want, I just want to handcuff this, or what was your theory going Charbonnet at five? Yeah, no, because- it was, it was handcuff. That, that was my main deal. Um, <laughs> if um, JSN or Addison fell to me, I would have gone that route. But um, Charbonnet, um, you know, I, everybody talked about how deep this draft would be for Dynasty, and honestly, I wasn't as impressed with it as most. It's deep, or I guess it's deep, but it's not top heavy. So when you, when everyone was trading for those 2023 first round picks, uh, to me, after like the first three players, first four players, I guess there's um, a massive uh, teardrop. Yeah, massive teardrop, and and even the first two, Gibbs and Robinson, are going to be the top two, um, most likely in most leagues. Um, and unless you're in a super flex league, there's really no point in caring about the um, top four quarterbacks, top three quarterbacks, right. and so it. To me, it was just like, all right, I have Walker. Um, he had an injury last year. They love to run the ball in Seattle. Gino got a bunch of weapons. They might, you know, run even more now. And so I got Charbonnet just as that handcuff. Obviously, um, people were a little upset. Um, Quentin Johnson was um, the other person I was looking at. But, you know, Chargers, um, there's some mouths to feed. Eckler signed again or re-signed um, his extension deal. So I don't know. Um I'm not too upset with taking Charbonnet there just because running backs are one of those things in the league. Um, and I do have a need with Mixon and Kamara and Jones kind of all on that downhill. Sure. Um, so Sun- I'm fine more with than it. they are uh, sunrising. If yeah. You will. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I, I also got Tank Bigsby in the third. So I have a feeling that uh, I just drafted the two RB one and two of the future NFL. <laughs> so um, but uh, yeah. I'm fine with it. Okay. Um, so you feel good overall about your, your class then in this league? Because I know I, I kind of talked yeah. about most of my picks. So you got Charbonnet, then you took Mingo in the second. Uh, I forget. I don't know what his first name is. John. Jonathan Mingo, maybe. You have Jonathan Mingo, rookie receiver um, to the Carolina Panthers. And then you took Tank Bigsby, like you said. And then you took Jalen Hyatt um in the fourth round and we only do four rounds because i i took down the fifth round so and you didn't have any other picks i'm scanning it doesn't looks like you didn't do any trades or anything so do you feel good about your four picks overall drafting fifth you know right down the middle every time so yeah i'm fine with it um mingo will have you know a rookie quarterback that they'll learn the system together hopefully develop some chemistry being rookies together um hyatt i was surprised because there's no pass catchers in that uh, giants offense um, that I can remember unless they made trades that I or moves in the offseason that I don't know about um, or can't remember. And so Hyatt was somebody that I was surprised lasted that long. Um, and so, yeah, um, one of the bigger shocks that I had was you getting Jaden Reed in the fourth. Um, that uh, that seems interesting because he was one of the, you know, he was looked at as one of those guys who could be in a you know, top 10 in the, or not top 10, top, like one of the seven, eight range for wide receivers in the, 
in this draft, so... Yeah, I mean, a guy I really wanted in the third there, so I had the three forks. I'd have made a trade with Jalen, you know, last year sometime. I really wanted Josh Downs, but then Brian took him right before me, so I took Marvin Mims instead. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know why he continued to fall, but Jalen Reed, you know, we all kind of assumed you were going to take him at 3-5. You take Tank, Tank Bigsby instead. And so, I don't know. Yeah, Jalen Reed, what is he, a second-round receiver? So I was like, second-round receiver still on the board right now when receivers much later than that are going? Why would I not take him? So... Uh, yeah, I, I drafted heavy on receiver, but that's also what my team needs the most by far. So again, you take a bunch of lottery tickets, go the old Rick Spielman, uh, and just hope maybe one or two of them work out and then it wasn't a complete waste, you know? So, yeah. And so before we transition to our other draft, we could probably, um, segue into the question that we received. Um, so Jack asked, how do we make the decision in dynasty drafts to draft for need versus talent? Good example is having the one-two in rookie drafts for a one QB league. Uh, JSN is ranked as higher choice, assuming Bijan is gone. But should a team go with Gibbs over JSN if they have a weaker running back room than wide receiver room, or do you always lean best player available no matter what? Um, and I will, I will just preface by saying I think I'm guessing post NFL draft. I think he said it sent this question to us like right before the draft, right as the draft was happening. So I think the consensus has kind of changed since then that Gibbs is now much more solid at the 102, just because of the kind of insane draft capital that, or at least insane to the predictors, that the Detroit Lions would take him 12th overall. Um, because they already had DeAndre Swift and they cut and they did sign David Montgomery. So to see that that, you know, super high first round draft capital from the Lions go into Jamar Gibbs, people are like, all right, well they're gonna fucking use this dog now. Um, so I think it's I think the general consensus has moved a bit away from JSN and now Gibbs is kind of much more solid as the one oh two. But regardless, <coughs> I just want to preface Jack in case people think that sounds crazy. Um as I think definitely going before the NFL draft, JSN was pretty much the 102 right there with Gibbs, depending on what the draft capital Gibbs got. Anyways, back to Jack's question. How do I make the decision to draft need versus talent? Um, you know, I guess I'll answer first since I'm already rambling a bit here. But I – and maybe, maybe I make decisions poorly in Dynasty. Maybe I'm being too honest right now. But I a couple of my early Dynasty experiences, Josh, with you when we were kind of co-doing the BSB team, and then also um, – and then also in the the hit the hood dynasty league it was really if you didn't have good top tier running backs it was really really hard to acquire them via trade or via draft especially if you are you know drafting later because you know the top running backs go first all the time in one qb league so um i think i would always go for running backs over wide receivers because my opinion the difference between wide receiver five and wide receiver 15 is a or you know wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 40 is a lot smaller than difference between running back five and running back 15 or running back 20 and running back 40 like the 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 cliff drops the tier drops between running backs i think is much more severe um or the running backs you know or or top heavy whatever you want to say so i would always opt for if i'm at the top of a draft i think i would almost always go running back in a one qb league just because i think running backs are so much harder to acquire and also that wide receiver tends to be a little bit deeper and or more dime a dozen or you know differences between the ranks aren't as severe that's always kind of been my attitude it'd be way easier to get a receiver than a running back um so that's how i would make that decision but i'm interested how you would think about it josh yeah i guess if it's close between a running back and a wide receiver um it would really just kind of depend on um my need at that time um if it's close as far as the overall ranking um last year for an example in the deflate these balls league since we are both in that one together um i had I had a severe need at running back. Um, 
and I believe it keeps the uh, yeah it keeps it. So um, last year going into the um, rookie draft, I had my starting running backs were Raheem Mostert, Kenyon Drake, uh, Chris Evans. Um, yeah, that was my those were my starting running backs. Um, so I needed running back. Obviously, I had the second pick because of stupid rules about tanking, um, and I took <laughs> Ken Walker. I was pretty happy with that. He was a consensus too, right? Sure. It, or, um, but then you know I got down to um, when you look at kind of the. I don't think they have the ADP anymore for last year's draft, but um, probably not. But um, we got. I was pick eleven, and I took Damian Pierce. And at that time, he was you know mocked as like a mid second rounder. Um, so definitely, some people called it would call it a reach. I was happy because yeah, he was pick, an undrafted free agent, right? And Mar- Marlon Mack was potentially coming back, right? Um, I think he was a fifth rounder. Was he? Okay, I thought he was undrafted. Yeah, he was. Me. He was a late late rounder. And then I took Brian Robinson with my next, or um, I took Christian Watson uh, because for some reason he fell to me in the second. Um, and then my very next pick would be Brian Robinson, um, who had just gotten shot. And yeah, so I took for need all big time last year. So, um, and, and so this year in our league, at least I went more so best player available, um, based on, you know, my deep scouting abilities. Um, and so I guess it kind of just depends on where you're at depth wise. Dynasty is not necessarily about top heavy. It's about depth. So if you're happy with where you're at and your starter positions, go for that depth instead. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, because I mean, the, the question is, I mean, if you're drafting at 102, you know, you probably aren't going to go best player available just because your team probably sucks so bad that you have a specific need, right? Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's a tough premise because usually I would always say go best player available if your team is pretty well rounded or if you have like a good starter here or there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I always lean running backs. And a good, another good example you mentioned deflate these balls not last year but two years ago. So when that league restarted, I I you know we did the auction draft and then I tanked the first year to ensure I had the you know first overall rookie pick. And kind of the two consensus top picks were Najee Harris and Jamar Chase. You know, looking at the two different positions there. And so, and my team, I already, I had Jonathan Taylor, I had Alvin Kamara, I had, um, <coughs> I had uh, Josh Jacobs, and so I did not need a running back by any means, but I still took Najee Harris, and um, because I, you know, I still going on what I said earlier that running backs are just, I've always, you know, I've always viewed running backs as much more scarce, maybe to my own demise, but maybe my team would be better overall, or maybe at least to this point, I think my team probably would have been overall had I taken Jamar Chase instead, um, but maybe. Maybe Najee Harris bounces back this year because the Steelers are rebuilding around uh, that offensive line. So it's it's always tough to say. Um, but again, for whatever reason, my preference has been uh, has been running backs uh, when I'm at the top of the draft. So um, maybe it doesn't work out for me. Maybe I should have taken Jamar Chase. And so I just you know sometimes we have these habits ingrained that are not great for us. Um, do you want to go on to deflate these balls, Josh? Would you rather talk about butts butt sweat and beers real quick? I think these discussions will be much quicker. Just who we took and why. Yeah, we can go to butt sweat just because it's only a three-round draft, and sure. I tried to trade with everybody, and nobody accepted them. <laughs> um, and this one, this this league switched from one QB to super flex in the offseason, so this is a super flex draft. A little bit different. It's a little bit of controversy, but I think we're past it now. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> but that would um, explain why the picks are where they are, because it's super flex, so the quarterbacks are pushed to the top, just in case anyone's wondering. Yep. Um, 
So yeah, I'll let you start. I'm going to, oh no, I didn't mean to push that. <laughs> I mean, so I, again, this is one of the leagues where I'm a little bit more fuck those picks, but I don't think anyone was interested in my 11th pick. Um, so I took, uh, and I had that pick because I traded it or whatever. So anyways, I took Will Levis because Will Levis kind of, as he slid in the NFL draft, he slid in our draft as well. And I only have two starting quarterbacks right now. I have Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones. I got Daniel Jones and kind of the, the quarterback reshuffle. And so, you know, Will Levis, hopefully he just, he sits for a year or whatever, sits for a year, maybe even two, but probably just one either, or maybe Ryan Tannehill gets traded or whatever. But I was like, all right, it's a super flex league now. I'll take the chance on Will Levis because um, he apparently has, you know, good, he has a good raw talent. Maybe his attitude's bad or whatever. That's why he slid in the real NFL draft. But I took Will Levis and then in the second round, and that was a pick 11 and a 12 man league i took will levis um because all the top running backs all the top receivers were gone and then dalton kincaid had gone at 10 so i was like okay well i'll take the fourth quarterback i guess um in the second round at 2-9 at my original pick i took roshan johnson um i figure he's got a chance to maybe make a name with david montgomery gone in chicago and then i took deuce vaughn in the third round again i just I, I I go heavy on wide receivers or not I go heavy on running backs excuse me maybe I shunt but um, I took yeah two backup running backs instead of trying to take a, a dart throw at a receiver there so those are my three picks that's all I had what about you Josh yeah um, I'm trying to pull back up again because I'm dumb dumb and uh, I'm trying to look at other things at the same time and you know dumb dumb so dumb dumb um, oh man the brightness setting on my surface got changed somehow um, why do you not have yeah, night so, mode on what are you doing oh i do but it's dark and it's night mode and yeah <laughs> or dark mode um, so so yeah i had pick seven um and this is where i went jordan addison um with my first pick i also had pick 10 and i took dalton kincaid because i am a heathen and enjoy having multiple tight ends that are solid um sure. and so i feel like you know dalton kincaid is probably going to be more of a slot receiver tight end hybrid sure um, and so took him at the 10th pick um and then you know i i kind of went for my picks in that seven spot i, I stayed heavy wide receiver i got Jaden reed at two seven um and then tank dell um three seven and then i took clayton tune three eight who is already not on my team but probably could have kept him because Kyler murray's a trash bin um <laughs> Damn. I had really tried to trade up um, two spots. Well, I guess I don't know if I... So I, I, what I was trying to do is pull up the trade offer that I'd sent. And so I wanted gotcha. to get your opinion on this. Sure. Um, I had sent to Dubby Dave, Dallas Goddard, Debo Samuel, and my 110 uh, for his 1-5. And he rejected it. Sure. I mean, in my, um, I guess, I don't know. And it's just so hard to know the values in Superflex. To me, that my initial thought is, and I'll let you keep going, but my initial thought is you'd almost be overpaying, but in a Superflex league, again, maybe my values are just off. But And then I put for... I also offered um, for his, I think, well, this one might have been for 1-1. One, one. Um, Rashad Bateman, both my first-rounders, and then next year's first-rounder. Interesting. I mean, what would you have done with that pick? Who would you? I assume you would have taken a quarterback if you're trying to go up to one-one. Yeah, I was thinking I was going to go with Richardson probably, sure. um, just because um, because right now my quarterbacks are duty pants. Um, but I really wanted to go up to one-five to get C.J. Stroud, um, and and then um, and so when he declined that trade, I was like, I can't pay any more than that. 
And Josh's and like, so I already then, feel like I'm paying a lot. Like you're you're not the type, I guess in my opinion, and maybe I'm, you know, assuming wrongly, but in my opinion, you're definitely not the one to like overpay ever. You're the type to be like, you wait, you look at this sucker overpaying. Like you would much more, you know, you're a value based guy. So that, I'm surprised because to me that offer seems like a lot, but yeah, and I'm willing to overpay when the when it's you know beneficial to both of the teams in a sense. Sure, <clears throat> I'm not going to overpay for something that I feel is I'm weakening my team in in so drastically that and and the other person's strengthening it. Um, sure. An example of that would be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't you? Dare. Um, no, I mean Tyler and I had a few different talks on uh, trades um, in the Deflate These Balls League, but we could get to that in a little bit here. I mean, I guess, I mean, we could probably get to it right now. I guess unless you have anything else to say about the BSB, how do you feel? Well, I guess just real quickly, how do you feel like your team is set up for Superflex? So you didn't take any quarterbacks. I don't know what your roster looks like right now. I feel pretty good having like because we got to keep one, and then you know we did like a re re snake draft. So I got to keep Justin Herbert, and then I you know I drafted Daniel Jones. I was hoping to get Kirk Cousins back, but I you know alas he went earlier. But um, I feel decent again. Like it's probably not a great long term. I need to get you know at least one more i think i'd feel much better having three starter qbs but you know when there's 12 people that'd be 36 if everyone wanted three and there's only 32 teams and only 25 of the quarterbacks are any good so um how do you feel like your team is set up for super flex now and do you think that inflex it impacted your draft strategy or no um it it did and it didn't i wasn't going to reach for a quarterback um that you know that i didn't think would you know be an impact player i really wanted cj stroud and then when that didn't fall when that fell through the only other person available was will levis sure. um and i was like you know i could take will levis or jordan addison and, and i was like well i'm gonna go with jordan addison here um otherwise you know i i was i must have had my uh i must have looked in the crystal ball just right because i kept geno smith over trey lance uh despite everybody or despite most places back when we were setting these kind of keepers um most things were saying Trey Lance is the quarterback of the future. I mean, his his trade value is like twice of what Geno Smith's was, and I was like, I'm going to keep big old Gene. Um, sure. And so, yeah, I kept him, um, and then I drafted Kenny Pickett, and I got Baker Mayfield back. I, and so Baker, I guess, has been doing solid in Tampa. Um, Kenny Pickett, you know, young guy, they rebuilt around him quite a bit. Um, and then Geno had a solid year, and they added weapons to him. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the quarterbacks I have. Obviously, I don't have a a top tier talent that's going to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or uh, um, Jordan Love or anything like that. But, um, and yes, I did just put those three players in the same breath. What are you going to do about it? Um, and sure. so, um, so I will probably need to retune to some things in the upcoming drafts, uh, but we'll see what happens. Sure, yeah, because, I mean, again, if your team remains competitive, you're never going to be near the top of the draft. And so with QBs being so premium now, it's interesting, you know, what what your trade market will have to look like. You'll have to hope you'll find a rebuilding team that's trying to sell, and then you can buy at the right moment. But if you have a competitive team in Superflex, and, you know, no offense to you, but I don't think Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield are necessarily long-term options, you know, probably another, you know, at least this year, for sure, they look okay. But after that, it's pretty gray, in my opinion. Uh, maybe oh, Geno yeah. has a couple more years, but it's just that's interesting. It's like, okay, you go from three starters to one, and then how much do you trade? How desperate do you get to try and, you know, field the team? It'll be interesting to watch how this league plays out now. So, 
Yeah, well, you know, that's why I'm happy with the depth I have in other positions. So I could potentially make those moves for people who are interested in um, moving for like maybe a Christian Kirk or a DJ Chark who is is still on my team and Rashad Bateman who's somehow on the roster and, you know, Rondell Moore who's wide receiver something. Right. And I'll we'll move on here to the the deflate these balls league, but I'll never forgive Eric's for making this choice after uh, I traded a first round pick. I had three I had three twenty twenty three first round picks coming into last year. I traded one for Michael Thomas, traded one for Brian Robinson. They're both late picks, so I don't want to hear it, but it's like goddamn. My team would look a lot different had it not traded those teams, assuming one QB value. And now, you know, it's a super flex value, but Fuck you, Eric. <coughs> Just kidding. But moving on to deflate these balls, a league where I'm very much a fuck them picks guy. Uh, I had, did not have my first, second, or third round pick. I tried to trade my fourth and my fifth, um, but you know, Josh, you had made me an offer, and I'd, I'd sent out probably six offers to different people just to take some of their scraps, but. Um, uh, alas, I did have to take two picks at the end of the draft here, disappointingly. But um, since I didn't take a lot of picks and my picks weren't until, you know, the fourth and fifth round, Josh, how do you feel about the deflate these balls draft? You came in, what is that, fifth place last year? So you're drafting eighth. Um, how do we feel? Another 1QB league. Um, Yeah, I was okay with it. I mean, it was another one where I just went BPA more than anything. So um, I had your first round pick um, because we made that trade Mike Williams for your first rounder. Um, I took Zay Flowers with that. So um, I feel like if you were to put those two in in a blender, we'll have to see how Zay does this year. But I'm okay with that as far as value goes. Um, I I still think that that was one of the more fair trades that we'd had in that league. Um, And so, um, so yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, I had the very next pick in which I took Dalton Kincaid because, like I said earlier, I'm a heathen that loves to mess with tight end values. And so now I have three tight ends, both all three of them top seven in the NFL right now. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with being um, a troll in that sense. It worked out um, well for everyone who took uh, – I forgot his name. Who was the big tight end last year? It was in Atlanta. Kyle Pitts. He's, he worked out pretty good for those first two seasons so far. No, not last year. It's a joke. Yeah, I guess. But uh, but yeah, so um, I did have some trade offers going out. Some of them that were a little bit more um, um, like I almost pulled the trigger on one that might have gotten my might have gotten me some uh, Walters comparisons. Oh God! Um, and so I'm kind of happy I didn't on that one. And um, but uh, T Tyler. Um, 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 go ahead. You um, can do it. I can't find it on here anymore now. Oh, Where was my it? oh God, so, Josh. um, I had offered Tyler, Debo Samuel, Dallas Goddard, and then my second round pick for Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> Are all your dynasty teams the same? That sounds like the exact same offer that you're that gonna it, give it was. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> and then Ty- Tyler countered back with instead of Goddard and Debo he wanted TJ Hawkinson AJ Brown for um and he was going to give me um Jameer Gibbs his 2024 first and then something else but I couldn't pull oh, the trigger because interesting okay that one's more because, fair than I expected no offense to Tyler he'll never hear this but because Hawkinson and um well I just I mean Hawkinson is a top 5 dynasty asset 
AJ Brown is a top five dynasty asset, and I'd be traded for two potential um, lottery picks. So it's just like you know, I can't get, I can't give away two for sure things for two um, lottery picks. So sure. it was just one of those things like ah, I can't do this. Um, and then Al, he put up, uh, he put Saquon on the block, and he apparently didn't want to trade Saquon for Brian Robinson straight up. So <laughs> what a dick. No, I, I, that wasn't the offer I sent them. Oh, okay. I, I still had it. Oh, I, I, yeah, it was basically that. It was Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, and a third round next year for Saquon. <laughs> oh, you're so respectful. Oh, <laughs> Sometimes shit. you just got to throw it, throw crap at the wall and hope it sticks, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but overall, I mean, I'm pretty happy with the way the draft went. I got, I got Josh Downs, um, mainly because I wanted to change my team name to Josh Has Downs, but uh, um, I couldn't do it out of the respect for. Um, the the extra chromosome um and so i got uh tyler scott the rookie wide receiver um in chicago and changed my team name to scott's tots so i'm pretty happy go. about that beautiful um and then zazavian valaday who's going to be the uh, number two running back in um houston as a handcuff took him in the fifth round nobody knows about him but i drafted him because um his adp at the time was 999 he is still adp 999 um and so he was an undrafted rookie. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just putting it out there now that next year, this time I'll be flexing my uh, undrafted free agent rookie signing um, prowess when he is, you know, RB 15 in this on the league. Sure. 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 All right, Josh, since we've just been kind of shooting the shit a lot and uh, ooh, actually Mika has tuned in. So maybe Mika will enjoy this conversation as well. Cause he was very much on the other side of this conversation. That's a very interesting timing out of Mika. Hello, my Western Australian friend. But so Josh, this is a one QB league. And like I mentioned earlier, we did an auction startup just like what, three, four years ago at this point. Um, so and in that so i you know my strategy was that was spend top dollar on a couple top players and then tank a year i've I've talked about it before but so i have patrick mahomes i spent you know probably we had 200 dollars. i probably spent 60 80 dollars on patrick mahomes i forget what it was but and then i got justin herbert with a dollar at the very end and obviously we all know justin herbert has turned out to be a pretty solid qb as well pretty solid dynasty asset and I always, and you know, I get trade offers all the time. Someone's like, "You got Patrick Mahomes and Herbert in a one QB league. What are you doing? You have to trade one of these guys. You're insane." But then the offers I get, I feel like are never. I don't know. They just never feel as satisfying, even though it's a one QB league and it is dynasty. So I think QBs are more important than like a redraft league, obviously where you'd only hold one um, or that's the consensus. You only hold one a redraft league. I think it's different in dynasty, but like, what, what would you do if I, you were me? Like what would you hold on to the two, like top five, top 10 ish or top, I shouldn't say even top 10, two top five, top seven QBs. Um, would you trade one, or how much would you need to get back? Because I love the security of having the two top QB options. Because if one goes down, my season doesn't change at all. I just plug the other guy in. And, you know, I don't feel like I've taken a step back at all. That's my mindset. But I just get, I get, I shouldn't even say I get harassed, but I get offers and questions all the time about trading either Mahomes or Herbert, and I can just never f- pull the trigger. I think I price, I price myself out of the market. What would you do in that situation if you got lucky enough to have two top tier quarterbacks in a dynasty league in a one QB dynasty league? Well, I guess what would your asking price be and how quickly would you move how quickly would you act to move one of them to improve your team potentially? Yeah, I mean, I guess you to me that's, you know, I'd be fine with holding on to it until you get an offer that you like. It's not, you know, you shouldn't let people say that just because you have two startable quarterbacks that you're you're hoarding it because you know, 
I don't know. I can't imagine that anybody else in your situation would be willing to sell, you know, whichever quarter Justin Herbert, since he's on your bench for, you know, a tight end that's on their bench. That's, you know, asinine. Sure. I mean, it's um, never been that, that low. It's usually like a starting caliber player or something. Um, but, you know, just to me, my attitude is always like, this guy is not going to improve my score enough to make a difference. Like, this guy, like, usually it's, a, you know, it's an offer that's probably fair according to, like, all the trade calculators out there. But um, but I'm like, this guy's never going to add enough score to make my weekly score change and get me more wins, if that makes sense. So that's why I almost always hold off. But but right. maybe, maybe I have yeah. the wrong attitude. I don't know. No, I would say that, you know, the security blanket is there for a re- It's a good thing to have. Um, you never know. There's tons of things that happen in the NFL, freak injuries. I mean, just take a look at Kyler last year. He tore his ACL late in the season. Um, and, you know, yeah, he's a short little guy with little baby legs, but he, he was still a solid quarterback for the most part. And um, and so, you know, you lose that that close to the playoffs. Nobody's going to make a move for, with you. So you have that safety blanket. Um, and so it's like, you know, somebody offers it you said starting caliber players but in a league where you know running backs are so um scarce as as it is and teams are you know there are teams out there like me who start kenneth walker damian pierce and brian robinson (laughs) and and the three spots last year because those are the only running backs i had sure those three are starting caliber running backs on my team i mean i get okay the, the offer i got was like tony pollard for justin herbert tony pollard no, no, no. See, and then that's you know, it would, to me, it would have to be somebody with long, a little bit longer longevity. So you look at you know the dynasty, like Tony Pollard. He's, you know, he's he hasn't had that starter role for ever. Um, he, you know, only when Zeke's gone down. But isn't he like twenty five? I have no idea, honestly. And Zeke's a free agent right now, so like Zeke's not a cowboy. Yeah, no, I know that. So he's this is his first year as a starter, and he's only been a starter when um zeke's been injured but yeah he's a 26 year old running back where running back shelf life is apparently you know 28 nowadays depending on who you are because zeke isn't even on a roster he's 27 so you know would you be willing to trade justin herbert a top seven qb asset for one year of running back probably not right so yeah, I don't know. I would I would say that, you know, it would have to be a combination of like a, a, a starting caliber player that might be on like his last leg, somebody that would be good for a competing team. Um and then like a pick so you can kind of retool um that quarterback position a little bit if you wanted to do that. Um that way, you know, you have that safety blanket, but no nobody in this league is gonna do that. Sure. Yeah, and I maybe so this was a pick. This was an offer from Tyler, obviously, because he has Pollard, and so I don't know if he would have done Pollard and Dak, but I probably would consider that a little bit more. But I don't know. I, I just I don't think I'll ever trade Herbert or Mahomes, probably, unless I start to tank in this league. We'll see. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was just curious what your thoughts on were on it. Um, but yeah, that's uh. That was a lot of dynasty talk there, Josh. I mean, you still have other thing in the notes, but we've also been going for 46 minutes, so we don't need to bore anyone. I think we're enjoying the conversation between you and I, but we are making content here, I guess, technically. Um, but I yeah, guess... So, hang on. Oh, I go got ahead. You know, I got gears to grind here. Oh, so please. I get called out for taking Dalton Kincaid when I have TJ Hawkinson and Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I know. An embarrassment of riches. Okay. But then we've got guys out there that have five tight ends on their team five or yeah five quarterbacks four quarterbacks it's a one quarterback league people you don't need four quarterbacks 
Who are you calling you know, out even specifically? Three is too many. I'm not calling. I'm so I'm looking at Jack. The, I have the trade. <laughs> no, I have the trade thing oh. pulled up so I could see like all the color. Josh Every, Johnson I'm the only has five. With one. That's who I said with five. Damn. You know, yeah. and and Jack has a rookie, a second year player, Derek Carr and Deshaun Watson. So he has you know. Um, his, his quarterback is more of a, you know, Deshaun, hopefully don't get arrested. Um, and then potential rookie thing. He might not hold on to four the entire way through. Um, but when you've got, you know, Josh Johnson, who has one less quarterback than wide receivers, you know, he has three tight ends too. He also has two kickers and two defenses. So, you know, maybe he, maybe he knows something I don't. Um, but he has uh, a fullback apparently. That's just crazy first off that's pretty smart i need that too um but uh but yeah so it was just to me it's crazy um that i get called out for having you know the three tight ends and then i looked at everybody else's roster and i was like everybody has three like most people have three tight ends some people have six um one person has six i should say um and so it's just like all right people Josh is Josh is airing his grievances. Well, I guess I, I I definitely didn't mean to end the podcast either. Like, I guess how are you feeling? I know what we've run into a lot in the past that you can get burnt out or the conversations go long. But I mean, I think there's plenty of interesting topics for you and I to keep discussing. I mean, how how are you feeling right now? Do you want to keep going? Do you want to move towards wrapping it up? Because I think the tanking conversation can be very interesting, um, and we could go over ADPs or whatever else as well. But like, I guess how are you feeling? Do you want to keep going? Do you want to move towards wrapping it up? How how are you feeling, Josh? 48 minutes uh, we can, in. We could talk a little bit more if you'd want. Um, um, I, I did run out of water and my graham crackers are gone, which we should probably oh, okay. segue into that because that's on our <laughs> list. Um, it was added to the notes. And, and so I'm just curious, Gar, what is your take on uh, why the government is willing to allow Nabisco to release subpar structural integrity of cinnamon graham crackers compared to the honey graham crackers? Because I don't know, you, you had to have noticed um, that when you I, try to when you try to crack it right down the center on those on those perforated lines that are there for a reason, the cinnamon graham crackers turn into dust, and the honey grams snap like they should. Um. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't say I've put. I definitely don't purchase graham crackers nearly as often as you do, so I, I feel very confident saying I've not put as much thought into this as you have. Um, but I, I would assume it has something to do with the cinnamon versus the honey, right? Because are these the same brand, or they're the same brand? Yeah, I mean, I would, ha- I would have to same ass- shelf life. They're in the same controlled environment, same time of day that they're being opened, same package opening method, as well as the same plate. I ran Tascar, <laughs> and it is a du- an you absolute. You ran a double blind study here with Asher. It is an absolute travesty. I mean, in I which would... the government is allowing these subpar cinnamon graham crackers to be released. I want to enjoy my one quarter at a time without having to sit there and be concerned about snapping it and getting shot in the eye by a piece of cinnamon flake with graham cracker attached to it in my eye. I don't need to wear safety glasses <laughs> oh, while I'm eating fuck. my snacks. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, I guess so. We don't have any like science scientists that listen to this. I think Jamie would be the closest thing as a doctor. I would. My assumption would be it comes down to the chemical composition that is different between cinnamon and just a honey flavor. Like we all know, like a cinnamon graham cracker is like it's got all that cinnamon topping. I don't think it's fully baked in. It seems like they just put it on top. And so I assume whatever sort of top layer they put on the cinnamon gra- cinnamon graham crackers, 
I assume that fucks with the perforated edges and doesn't make the breaking nearly as clean, whereas the honey, they don't have, like, an additional topping. It's just graham cracker through and through, and then, um, you know, so you have a much, a much nicer break. Again, maybe I'm less familiar with the cinnamon graham crackers than I think I am. You could tell me, but I believe the cinnamon, it's not, like, fully cinnamon through and through. It's, like, almost it's just, like, the top is different. Or, like, the, the I shouldn't say the top, but the outside is different, whereas the inside's the same. Um, is that is that the correct analysis, Mr. So graham cracker I, expert? I sent a letter to Mr. Cracker, and okay. um, haven't gotten a response yet. I, I don't know if that's his real name or not. Um, but yeah, it, it is basically just the top layer is is that cinnamon kind of bumpy. You could you can always tell. You know, it's it's like they're catering to everybody. They do not discriminate against the blind because you could feel the cinnamon on there when you close your eyes and rub your hand on it. That was part of the testing that we did. Sure. And and so it's it, but that just goes. I mean. If the if the honey graham cracker is so structurally sound, why not just use a honey graham cracker and put the cinnamon on that? I mean, I would guess that's exactly what they do. But again, it's just the the outside layer of the cinnamon fucks with the the ridges they build in. Would be my assumption. And why, when I make pancakes and I put cinnamon in my pancake batter, do my pancakes not fall apart like that? <laughs> Josh, I think. I think we've exhausted this specific conversation, but I appreciate how passionate you are about it. Again, Jamie is the closest thing we have to a true scientist. Could also hit up Al, I believe. I'm pretty sure Al's an engineer, right? So maybe Al could talk to the different structural integrities. Maybe Jamie and Al get together and have some sort of uh, conference call um, with Mr. G. Cracker himself. But, um, but yeah, I, again, again, I assume it's just the outer layer they throw on. The, cin- the cinnamon itself actually ruins the cinnamon graham cracker, at least your experience, if that makes sense. That's right. my assumption. All right. Yep. I won't. And it I doesn't have to I be won't. that way, right? Because if you think about Teddy, now now you've brought me back in. But if you think about Teddy Grahams, the cinnamon Teddy Grahams don't have like that, you know, that tough outer layer of like the cinnamon sugar that they clearly just right? paste on it. The cinnamon's baked into the, the Teddy Graham crackers. So I'm maybe happier you- continuing this because I just swallowed my comment about Stacy's <laughs> pita chips, cinnamon sugar, <laughs> right. and how they're, they're as structurally sound as my house. So... We're going to have to take this to the top, Josh. Get your shit together. (laughs) All right. All right. That was a nice little intermission. I do have at least one more question I want to talk to you about. And maybe the discussion will just be a couple couple sentence answer. Maybe it'll be a little bit more robust. But we've talked about this plenty. But since it's the middle of fucking May, people, you know, people might just be desperate to hear people talk about fantasy football. But tanking. Specifically in Dynasty, since this is a Dynasty podcast, do you think that strategy is worth it? When would you do it? When would you not? Obviously, we've had different different opinions over the years. Obviously, you've come around to tanking. But before I just answer, continue and answer for you, how have your how have your thoughts about tanking evolved? And when do you think it's okay to do it? When do you think it's not okay to do it? Um, And just your general thoughts about tanking um, in Dynasty fantasy football. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm fine with it if if it's you know, done properly, I guess. Um, if it's in the deflate these balls league, it can only be done on even years, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> because uh, in 2020 and 2022, we had two legitimate tankings that, um, and, and but in 2021, we apparently had to, you know, stipulate that, you know, things were, um, things were on the, the do hit, just not, not up to snuff. So, um, so yeah. Um, I'm going to go with no comment. But yeah, I mean it's it's fine as long as you know 
as long as the person pays. That that's really the only thing. It's their money. Who cares? Sure. As long as they're not, you know, dropping startable player or players in their starting lineup because they want they're not tanking, you know, negatively. As long as they're, you know, I don't know. I don't care if they start their bench players and their bench players don't play. So long as they don't trade their top assets for, you know, a third round pick. Sure. So as long as I mean they 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 can do the fire sale if they want, but they can't do the fire sale just to sell. They should be making even trades, or all their trades should be for draft picks or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, so you're it's you're okay with the fire sale, sale but sure. yeah, they can do a fire sale. They can do a garage sale, yard sale, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they just can't do that estate sale where everything's on you know discounted pricing. Okay, so then I guess, what do you think is the best system to try and respect tanking? Do you think that because obviously, what I what pretty much all my tanking experiences have been, I have at least most of them. Maybe not the last couple of years, the last two years of the Hidden Oaks League, because I did eventually do the fire sale. But for at least early on, my tanking strategy was hold good players, keep them on the bench, start your worst players, so you get to hold the good players, and then also draft top talents, so and you can try and make yourself a little bit of a super team. Uh, which which is what I did in the deflate these balls when it restarted, and it's what you know I've tried. To, <coughs> I've tried to do other places, um, but some people really hate that idea. They think if you're going to tank, you have to sell all your top players, and they use you know they don't really care who you start at that point because they prefer to go by max points four. Which do you think is the superior tanking system? Do you think it's cool to hold studs on your bench and tank? I know you just said earlier you know if as long as you pay, who cares? But if you had to pick, let's say you were starting a league, um, and you were making all the rules, would you go with max points four for determining you know some of the draft order or do you do you not care uh, that much like how do you feel about it in that sense what, what 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 is your preferred structure for league tanking yeah i mean i think for non-playoff teams max point <coughs> max points four is going to help with eliminating those um stud stashers yeah the stud stashing where you do try to build that super team up um but then it also has the the downside of what we experienced this year in the deflate these balls where you know Tyler dropped his entire bench um and then you know he you know but then the rest of his team wasn't necessarily top tier either so it's not like he made the worst decisions in some of those things so um but i i had seen somewhere that for those instances that you need to maintain like a minimum roster number which you should be able to set in sleeper um and so you don't go below that and so if they want if he wanted to keep, you know, guys that aren't playing on his bench, whatever, um, but so long as he's meeting that minimum roster, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my attitude has always been, at least definitely from the commissioner side, is that as long as there's rules, there's always going to be people going around them or finding ways around them. Um, so I've always, definitely in the Dynasty League, like we don't have any written rule book, like we don't have bylaws or anything, which is, I know, is like if you're on the Dynasty subreddit, it's like people talk about all the time. What can you, you know, can you guys share with me your documents? What's a good outline? What are your bylaws? They have like these, you know, five to ten page documents. We don't, for our Dynasty League that, you know, I mostly commissioned, we don't have anything like that. It's just, you know, my attitude for decision making and rules and all that it's just like just you know, play by the spirit of the game i guess for tanking out the rule for us has always been you have to start a full lineup but also mistakes can happen so it's not like a zero tolerance policy but you know i you know personally i've always obviously been plus i've always been pro tanking from the very beginning and i'm obviously okay with stud stashing because it's a strategy i've utilized before so I, you know it would be i'd be hypocritical to say i don't like that but um it's, it's just interesting again i think whenever you have rules 
people are always going to catch you on technicalities and there's always going to be lawyers and snakes or whatever else. So I know you feel a lot more strongly about what happened, what has happened to deflate these balls than I have. I don't really care what Tyler did. Um, I think the way the rules were written obviously makes sense why you had to move back. Like, cause you did technically break the rules or whatever. So, you know, we all voted on it or whatever, but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's just an interesting thing. And I appreciate, I have commission- nothing against what Tyler did. I just noticed, you know, <laughs> You know, you just I just thought, yeah, I just noticed that his team was, he had dropped a bunch of his players and it's like, huh, that's an interesting way of going about it. But, you know, if he wanted to prevent that max points for, um, there was no rule in place. So it's not like it was an issue. Right, right, right. Um, it's not like it would have mattered because Walters was the next pick and he had his first rounder anyways. There you go. Bingo, bango, bongo. But yeah, I've always been pro tanking. I think it's a legitimate strategy. I think you should allow it. Um, but I'm always for like, I'm always trying to, I won't even say like the money ball approach necessarily, but I'm always trying to look at Dynasty a slightly different way because everyone's attitude, especially when you play with like a mix of, you know, quote unquote fantasy pros and fantasy casuals, it's like everyone's going to try and have a good team. Everyone's going to just try and do their best. Like, so while everyone else is zigging, how can I zag? How can I intentionally tank or do this? or do that how can i try and take a different strategy to take advantage of some you know some unforeseen value or look at you know value a different way than other people are seeing it so that's why i love tanking as a strategy um and i I love that being just another potential tool in every player's tool belt to be like all right my team sucks i'm instead i'm gonna tank i'm gonna try and do what's best for my team um because i think i've made the relation before like real nfl fans are like all right my team stinks i don't want the vikings to finish eight and nine this season that's not going to do any better for the team they should fucking lose on purpose and get the best possible pick and so i've always thought because we've you know i even though i try and matched up the dynasty league of the best i can with the nfl it's like some things it's like why would i you know tanking i think it makes it more fun and adds a new wrinkle so i've always been pro it not that I, i'm not sitting here trying to defend it just voicing my opinion but it's just interesting to see how it's happened in different leagues we're in and how people try and prevent it or the rules are in place then how you can get around those rules it's always very very interesting um but yeah all right we've got we've gone over an hour at this point i assume you would not want to sit and go through um sit and go through you know startup rankings um maybe we could do something like that next year because like, like i said on the last pod and al reached out to me after i said it but i'm hoping i mean obviously because we started the dynasty league the hood one in like 2014 i want to say so it's coming up on 10 years old um but, you know, we started it so long ago, and it's been the same 10 guys, but it's just like we've played Dynasty for so long now that I know that, you know, and you can't change, even though we've probably made more changes than we should have to the rules and the structure of the league. Like, you should leave it the same, especially when you have the Empire format of you have to win two years in a row to win the pot. So I think we've maybe potentially screwed Connor over at one point when we made some scoring rule changes. But it's just like I know what kind of Dynasty league I want to be in now and what would be more exciting, and it's just like, you know this league or that league it's like all right this doesn't quite do the same as it did when it started because the dynasty format itself isn't novel anymore that part doesn't excite me so i'm like all right i want this bitch super flex i want tight end premium i want all these you know different rules that'll make dynasty more interesting but you can't just end a dynasty league or maybe you know i could bring it to a vote eventually just say we all split the pot or whatever or you get or we split the pot based on earns you know based on years played or something but maybe we will uh and you also can't have too many leagues but maybe we'll 
be able to do our own startup in the next couple of years here. We will see. And then combine force with Al, and then things could be interesting. Because I think the Dynasty Best Ball is such an interesting format as well, because all you really focus on is the team building. And then the, you know, I know lineup setting is a big part of fantasy, but in Dynasty, especially if you spend so much time trying to research the players and know this guy's going to be good or this guy could be boom or bust. So you don't have to worry about him being on your bench when he has his boom weeks. When it's, be- when it's best ball, you're like, this guy's a really talented player. I know he's going to boom at some point. When it's best ball Dynasty, you're like, all right, that investment I put in this player played off versus him just being on your bench all the time that it never pays off so dynasties are interesting and i hope to be able to explore it more um but i also can't be in fucking 20 leagues so i don't know josh yeah. how, do, how do you feel about all that uh, obviously you our first both our first dynasty experience i think was the hood league and then we joined yep. bsb i guess i don't know did bsb come first or did deflate these balls come or second i guess i don't remember which came second whether it was al's league or the i BSB. think it was al's league came second okay and then, yeah, we did BSB together to start that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. How, do, how do you feel about your Dynasty experience? Do you think do you think all your itches are satisfied, or do you think if you could, like, wave a wand and restructure or restart or anything like that, do you think you do anything different, or are you pretty satisfied currently? Because maybe I'm just restless. No, I, th- I think that you're definitely onto something. Um, I, I know that you've mentioned it in the past, where if, <clears throat> um, if both Al's and our league, uh, the Hood League, kind of... Um, dispersed at the same time to make or within make a year a or two like i could wait or something but yeah i know you yeah mean. make a more make a more active league and and kind of use the rules that we've developed over time or not developed but discovered over time and because and at the time that we started these leagues Superflex wasn't you know wasn't even on was it radar. nearly as popular popular tiered ppr yeah. wasn't even a thing it's like you know yeah and i mean yeah and i mean just think the deflate these balls league that is a standard league you can't find rankings anywhere that are standard nowadays. For, yeah, and so the fact sure. that they're so like, and I don't think it's everybody, but I do think that there are some in there that are stuck in the whole hey, PPR is not the best. Um, that sure. are, I mean, yeah, they, I don't, they, I don't feel that strongly about, but, but I know what you're saying. And so, yeah, it would be nice to get kind of something where there is kind of more of a, there are more resources to look into and go, well, you know, we can pick and pick from this and pull from that and kind of, meld it together to our own thing tight end premium something that i haven't dealt with but sounds fun because tight ends um and so yeah i think that there are definitely some things worth looking into and changing um i'd never heard of a dynasty best ball but i do like the idea of more of a management side of things as opposed to a uh, uh management and lineup setting because you know if you have depth you know that that's you know instead of being top heavy um, with rookies that are like unknown guys on on the bench doing nothing, but your team is killing it, you could have depth and then have you know that boom week out of guys who you'd probably not start most weeks because they're kind of on the fence. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I think and that would I think would be a hard sell too because I think it would appeal to casuals in some sense, but then also the casuals probably wouldn't be making all the trades and all the roster moves to try and keep the roster fresh. So it's like I don't know if the the dynasty best ball is probably my biggest dream that would probably maybe not get off the ground if you can't get you know twelve inter- interested people, but definitely my dream scenario would be al al's in our league set you know or you know one or disperse within a couple years and then within a year or two of each other and then you know al and i can work together to start up like a a champions s dynasty league obviously not the exact same and then also uh oh fuck i gotta start thinking about that too the champions league damn uh but then also do a dynasty best ball but um but yeah Yeah, i I mean for dynasty best ball i mean you could do like a 32 team dynasty best ball 
<laughs> you could. That'd be a little bit more hectic. But I just, I just, I just, I don't know. I, the thing I worry about is that just there's not, there wouldn't be nearly as enough interested people. So it's it's tough. To, and maybe it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe um maybe once I would just, I would just start sending out feelers that you could I could easily fill a 12 man league. But to me, I would understand why that sounds the least appealing to a lot of people. Um, because you don't, you don't have that active management set up, so you're not necessarily checking your team every single week, even though you should be for like trades and roster. Because you know you'd have to leave ads and drops on. It wouldn't be like Mika's league where the, you know just draft and the league, the team's locked. You have to allow roster moves and you know obviously trades and this and that. So it would be, I don't know. I think I think it'd be really fun to try, but maybe it'd end up being horrible. Who knows? Anywho, um, yeah, I don't know. Josh is there. Anything else you want to talk about, brother? Or do you uh, you feel pretty good getting out of here? I feel pretty good getting out of here. My my throat's a little scritchy, and so I should oh, probably get some no. agua. Yeah, and, and and I have to pee. I've had to pee for like the last fifteen minutes. Oh, um, I think I and, asked you. Okay, and so. Ted Lasso's Ted Lasso's oh. uh, series finale. You haven't um, watched is, it yet, dude. I watched it today at like two. Oh my god, dude! Get the fucking get the tissues ready, dude. I cried so many tears. Obviously, if you're a fan of that show, you know it's beautiful. But I shed so many tears, dude. They they nailed the ending really well, and uh, you're gonna get emotional. You can't not get emotional for something like that. Yeah, and I can't wait for them, since it is the same creator, I can't wait for them to come back with a surprise season four with an entirely new cast, and maybe <laughs> a, a few cameo appearances from uh, Ted Lasso. You shut um, your whore mouth. But maybe they're in a learning center where they're teaching the sport of football. Um, and so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if we'll watch it tonight, because Nikita's into that show as well, So, and she might, it might be kind of, well, no, because she's working from home tomorrow. She could probably watch it. Um uh-huh. But yeah, and then I finished Silo because that is, um, like I said in, in, in Snap Chat Chat, that it's literally Brian Knupp's nightmare. They're just confined to being living inside this giant silo. They can't go outside because it'll kill them. Oh, and no. We all, we all know Brian and outside. Sure. Uh, that's his, it was his favorite game to play as a kid. Well, um, we do appreciate everyone so much for listening. I didn't, you know... Yeah, you never know you have an hour of content, but sometimes the conversation just flows, and it is kind of the dead season, so we have a lot of thoughts that have probably been cramped up for a bit, so once you get talking, you just keep going and going, and you know we probably could go for another hour if we wanted to, but we're not doing that. We will be back again in June and in July. Um, you know, we'll roughly talk again about, I think one of them, we did like our Fae Far Fars, it was like our rising stars, our excited, you know, whatever. Well, I don't, we don't know exactly what the topics will be, but we'll be back once a month again in June and July. And then August, obviously the preseason starts and then the season, uh, starts beginning of September. So, um, we'll have a couple more podcasts and then football will be here before you know it. Um, everyone stay safe out there. Enjoy your life. And, uh, don't forget to engage the show mostly through discord. Honestly, I would really like to focus focus on discord but if you're listening to this podcast i feel pretty confident you're already in our discord but if not there's a link in the description below josh you're beautiful say hi to the fam for me did you know that there's a chat specifically for podcasts now or like the the podcast channel what so like I'm, i'm i'm just on discord and i'm looking at like i'm in our pod podcast room and then on the right hand side i see a little chat bar or the chat bubble in the top right, and I clicked on it, and it's literally just... Oh, just for this room right now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a thing, but we don't we don't ever have too many live listeners, and I try and just direct everyone to the general chat, so we don't really utilize it. But yeah, Discord is not All afraid right. to have a million chat rooms. Okay. All right, well, yep, I'll say hi to everybody. Gotta go pee. Love you. Go Packers. Bye. Bye. Oh, Windows Media Player, come on.
go faster. Oh well, people don't listen this late anyways. I've got Alan Walters here, that's it. Maybe Jack. 